Hello and welcome once again to What's Out There, the paranormal podcast from Out There Paranormal. And talking to you on this festive episode, we have myself, Nigel. And myself, Juliet. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So, once again, we rolled out our alternative advent, a calendar with a video tree behind every door in the shape of a strange festive story from around the world. Along the way, we have shared a child-eating troll, devils that drag naughty children to hell, and tasty alternatives to a usual Christmas fare. I have to say, I think that was my favourite one. Well, the, the, yeah, the uh, Kiriak. Yeah, the Kiriak. That was fantastic, wasn't <laughs> it? So disgusting. No. Oh, guys, if you haven't listened to the one about Kiriak, it is brilliant. What it's door was door, it? It's door number three. But door number three. Be prepared. Don't be eating anything when you watch it because it yeah, is. It's not. Yeah, cool, it is, is it? not nice. No. <laughs> But there just happened to be one or two towels, so how can we say they just got away? So we'd like to share those with you in this podcast. Okay, guys, so pour yourself some eggnog, grab a mince pie or two, and settle down for some more tales from the darker side of Christmas. In classic alternative Advent fashion, our first tale takes us to Scandinavia, where there are just a few tales that we can tell. So first on our hit list is Sweden, where we are going to talk a little more about the Yule Goat. Now we've already met this helpful little creature in the guise of the Swedish Yulebokken, who pulls the sled with all the presents and appears as a giant straw statue in Gavle that has a running battle with arsonists to stop being burnt every year. But the Yule Goat story goes a whole lot deeper. You'd be pleased to hear actually that the current Gavle Goat is still standing. Wow, He's really? not been burnt down this year. Is that yet. a record? I and no, no, they, they've actually got quite good at it just lately, okay. so it has survived a few Ooh, times, but yes. Okay. And if you want to watch that one, that is obviously in the alternative advent. It's just a fascinating tale. I'm going to test you now. What door is it? Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't either. remember. Well, guys, you know what that means? You just have to listen to the whole lot. You're going to have to go through and look behind every door to see <laughs> if you can find That's the it. goats. But anyway, back to our Yule goat tales. And in olden days, men dressed up as Yule goats, believe it or not, they'd put a mask on and pretend to be a goat. Honestly, they did do this. They would show up in Scandinavian homes at Yuletide and smell if people had cleaned themselves sufficiently. <laughs> what? What do you mean smell? Hello. What? You smell a bit dirty. I, honestly, uh, Jules, I don't know. Okay. I mean, it's just like, I just found this and it's like, that's totally random. I'm going to have to say that. <laughs> okay. But the next bit is also equally okay. as totally random. So they go random. up to people and, and have a good sniff? They have a go. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what they did after deciding whether you smell I I sufficiently clean or not, I next. don't know. No, I was going to say. But apparently, uh-huh. it was believed that these men in goat costumes were able to magically impregnate women without them noticing. Oh, come off it. What do you mean? Like, whoops, how did that happen? <laughs> indeed, indeed. How is that possible? How on earth can they do Just that? Just sneak up, wait for the goat. 
and slip. What well, I was going to say, slip it in. Are we allowed <laughs> to say that? I'm, am I allowed to say that? I don't think I'm allowed to say that, am I? I think any female... See, now he's choking. You'll have to excuse Nigel because he's had a very bad cold, so he's just recovering. Oh, there we go. So there's gonna there might be a bit of wheezing and choking on this one. There could well be, yeah. But... So, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm curious now. How, how could this possibly happen? A woman wouldn't notice that something just gets slipped up, up, up there. Whoopsie daisy. I... Being a lady, I don't know what you yeah. know. So. Trust yeah. me, I think, I think there we go. More hacking. I think uh, I think a woman would realise. I think you would hope so. Anyway, I, I'm going to have to poo-poo yeah. this story. So you've never woken up with a goat? No, nope, can't say I have. Can't say I have yet. Maybe a few pigs in my time. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> certainly not a goat. Yeah, I've never been to bed with a dog, but I've woken up with a few. No, that's honestly. It's gone already, hasn't it? Oh, First story in and we're like, gutter, here we I come. Know. Well, that's us, isn't it? But I, I, this is why I chose this story specifically. It wasn't actually, I just love the Yule Goat thing, but it just, I, I read those and I just thought to myself, that is just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's <really> ridiculous. <laughs> so, right, the Yule Goat dates back to at least the 11th century with our mentions of a man-sized goat figure led by St. Nicholas it's him again, mm. who had the power to control the devil. I'm presuming this, this goat had the power to control the devil. I just is... wonder, it's not St Nicholas, is it? No. I wouldn't have thought he controls the devil. But, and it's, this is the weird thing, isn't it? Because um, Satan's got this image of having this sort of goat-like face. Yeah, but he hasn't got a red coat and a beard and a bag full of presents, has he? No, he hasn't. <laughs> red Rudolph hanging around. That's true. Okay. But yeah, I'm assuming that... The, the goat controls the devil, not St. Nicholas. Well, yeah. This Honestly, Indeed. I'm not researching this one very well, have I? <laughs> it's random notes, isn't it? I know. <laughs> rubbish, Nigel, rubbish. The Yule goat, as you imagine, has changed quite a bit throughout history. In the 17th century, it was popular for young men to dress as the goat creature and run around pulling pranks and demanding gifts. Yeah, and slipping things into ladies that weren't aware of it. I should think they were giving gifts, weren't they? Probably gifts that weren't wanted, I would imagine. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. nine months later for sure. Yeah, yeah. indeed. By the 19th century, the goat became the good guy, a giver of gifts. Instead of Father Christmas, men in the family would dress up as the goat and give gifts to the entire family. Okay. So, what kind of gifts? Well, not. I don't think they're the, the same gifts as I'm we mentioned Johnny, earlier. Well, I hope not. Yeah, I do believe it's the, more the wrapped variety. <laughs> I'm not saying a word. <laughs> I'm not saying a word either. Put my put a bow on it on occasions. <laughs> <laughs> so, Too much information. What about the man goat today? Ah, uh, the day the man goat is no longer, and the Yule goat has taken its place in modern history as a traditional Christmas ornament on trees throughout Sweden. Okay, so we're going to go knocking on Sweden's next-door neighbour, and we're going to go whizzing off to Finland. Now, the Finnish equivalent for Father Christmas, Santa Claus, St Nicholas, etc., is, hang on, let me pronounce this correctly, Yulupuki. 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 You having so much trouble with that earlier on. Wasn't I just? Just a bit. Now, his origin, however, is a little bit darker. He has his roots in the pagan Nordic shaman tradition of people dressing up in animal disguises. Now, Yulupuki was once a symbol of fertility and more of a frightening figure back then than today. 
and he was clad in thick fur-lined coat that was turned inside out, wearing a mask and a pair of horns on his head. So the name Yulupuki literally means Christmas buck or billy goat. Traditions evolved as they tend to do and men took to dressing up in horned goat costumes as part of the rituals. Now on St Nuts Day, which is the 13th of January, the day many Nordic countries mark the end of the holiday season, here we go again, this is a different one, Nutipuki, <laughs> men dressed in fur jackets, birch bar masks and horns, would go door to door to demand gifts and scrounge for leftover food. Nutipuki, <laughs> scroungers. Now the Nutipuki were evil spirits and if they didn't get what they wanted, they would make loud noises and scare children. Now, when the charitable St Nicholas became known in Finland during the 1800s, his image blended with the pre-existing tradition of the masked Nuti Puki. They're testing me now. Honestly, there's a lot of Puki going on here. To create Hulu Puki. Is that right? Hulu Puki, yeah. Hulu Puki, translating to Yule God. Hulu Puki hands out gifts instead of demanding them. Unlike Santa Claus, who climbs down the chimney. Filthy capitalist. Indeed. Hulu Puki, clad in red robes, turns up on his sleigh, pulled by reindeer, knocks on the door and asks, Are there any well-behaved children here? Did you like that? That's very good. Thanks. You sounded just like him. After delivering his gifts, he... This is not funny. <laughs> he returns to Korvatunturi. Korvatunturi. Okay, in Finnish Lapland, where he lives. <sighs> Blimey, guys. So what do goats have to do with it, Nigel? Well, sadly, there's no definitive answer. The most popular theory um, suggests that goats are linked to the god Thor because they're meant to be the things that pull his chariot and they're associated with storms and fertility. Well, yeah, they're about to be if they're slipping things I was going to say, we were, we're, we're back to impregnating women without knowing anything right? about it. Mm -hmm. Thor commanded a goat-driven chariot and goats became associated with harvest and fertility through him. So that's where they think the actual association with goats came from. Of course, we can't go to Scandinavia without a visit to Norway. Nil point. Norway. Norway. Oh, that's Sweden, isn't it? I was doing a Swedish no, shepherd. No, it's Norway. Eurovision song. It's always Norway. Nil point. Nil points. Yeah. What other things came out of Norway? Oh, I know something that came out of Norway that you like. What? What's that? Aha. Morton Harkett. Morton Harkett. Oh, yeah, he's a bit fit, isn't he, eh? Well, don't ask me. Oh, come off it. No, if I'm... you were a woman, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> if I was a woman, most women. Would. If I was a woman, would I do Morton Harkett? Yeah, of course you would. Probably, actually. Yeah, he's yeah. still nice now. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like you know, after all these years, he, he's 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 strange. It's almost like he hasn't aged. He's like, actually he's my sort of age as well. And he hasn't aged. I at know. All. I'm jealous. Me too. What's he been up to? Not that I want to look like Morton Harkett because I'd look a bit weird. I I wouldn't mind looking like Morton Harkett if women were actually quite yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going there. <laughs> Where did we get to? Oh, sorry. There yes. we go. It's okay. You know what it's like. I digress. Uh, we what digress. Well, we, we, got, we went all Morton Harkett, didn't sorry, we? Sorry, that was my fault. Oh, no, it's your fault. That was fault. my fault because I brought you... him into the topic. Yeah. I brought him into the subject, didn't I? Your fault this time. Take Don't on sing. Oh, God. Me. Okay. Take He's got to sing. Sorry. That's my Morton. 
I know. Someone back to Norway. Okay. They also have the Yule Goat as part of their festivities. On Christmas Eve, however, the Norwegians are busy hiding their brooms. Why are they hiding their brooms? They're hiding their brooms because... It's a centuries-old tradition that springs from the belief that evil spirits and witches would come out of hiding on December the 24th for a spot of pre-Christmas black magic and mischief-making. Ah, so they think witches can't do magic without brooms. That is it. Well, plus the fact you wouldn't want them sort of flying about doing all sorts of stuff. They're a bit mistaken, though, aren't they? Because witches can do spells and things without a broom. Yeah, but they can't get about without it. Oh, they've got legs. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not going to be half as much fun walking down the street, is it? Why walk when you can fly? With a broom. Exactly. Indeed. Which is why they hide them. Mm. Hang about. Mm. So, you see, of course, a witch's preferred mode of transport is the broomstick. See, I'm looking at my script now, yeah. and then you threw in that, like, I know, sorry. curveball to, like, wow, <laughs> and I'm off again, aren't they? Yeah. So, cautious homeowners would hide theirs to prevent it from being stolen. Because, obviously, if you zoom off on a broom... Especially the Nimbus 2000. Let's be honest here. I mean, nothing spoils Christmas more than finding your broom in broken pieces at the foot of a tree, trashed by some joyriding witch. In the olden days, Norwegians would stay inside on Christmas Eve because it was believed that supernatural beings were being especially dangerous on this night. It's my turn to get the word now that I can't pronounce. The Yulerea were a gang of supernatural creatures that were prowling Norwegian villages at Yuletide, wreaking havoc along their way. The Yulerea consist of trolls, gnomes, witches and ghosts, all of them drunk and ready to party the night away. Hang on, how can a ghost get drunk? We've seen Slimer in Ghostbusters. Yeah. When he drinks wine and it just goes straight through. Yeah. All over the table. Okay. So how can a ghost get drunk? Maybe they were drunk when they died and they stayed drunk. Maybe. You don't accept that, do you? Well, not really. No, no I know. Yeah, and it is a bit sore. I'm just thinking about the lines of Slimer and Ghostbusters and how he tried to get drunk with the wine and it just went straight through. And I knew we shouldn't have watched that earlier on, you know, when it was on the time. Oh, I love that film. <laughs> Ghostbusters, one of my favourites. Where were we? They were partying the night away. They were. These drunken drunk. ghosts. Yeah, you, drunk. We don't know how they get drunk. No. But they do. Yeah. The villagers... Yeah, However, you know, then poor buggers are having to put up with all of this. <laughs> hey, I'm, a, I'm a ghost and I'm pressed as a fart. Ooh. That kind of stuff. We'll cover the windows with thick fabric so that the Eulerea wouldn't see the lights from the house and come knocking. <laughs> so perhaps that's where the actual broom hiding tradition comes from. On those days when they were hiding from the Eulerea and it just sort of turned into now. It's just a few witches with brooms. Quite possibly. It's not quite the same though, is it? Stolen brooms. Indeed. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go back to terrifying children again. I love terrifying children. I need Christmas. some ideas because my kids are back with me tomorrow to celebrate Christmas. Mm. So, well, we, we tried the Krampus <clears throat> and that didn't work, did it? No. Have a go with this one. So, talk about when we were kids. If you were naughty, no presents for you. We had it easy. Krampus, beaten with sticks, dragged to hell, and Frau Perchter, stomach slit open and entrails replaced with straw. Well, here's another Christmas school to scare the shit out of naughty children. Neat hands a trap. Another one of St Nicholas's helpers from the French regions of Alsace and Lorraine. Dressed as a scarecrow, which is creepy enough in his own right, he follows jolly old Saint Nick, but rather than hand out gifts, he hands out a damn good thrashing to the kids instead. 
I love these ones. <laughs> Everybody on the cons, like we were saying earlier on, it's not necessarily you don't get any gifts. No, you're going to get a damn good threshing, dragged to hell, eaten, all the usual Great, stuff, isn't, isn't it? it? Okay. The legend of the Christmas scarecrow is well known in the French regions of Alsace and Lorraine. Hand trap, according to the story, lived in the 1400s, a rich and powerful merciless man who was feared by the people of Alsace. His thirst for power was so great that he turned to deals with the devil to enhance his power and status. Hearing of this, the Pope himself excommunicated Trapp, after which he was banished from Alsace and his wealth and lands confiscated, all of which is nothing compared to what came next. So, after being excommunicated from the Catholic Church, he took to roaming the countryside, he continued to brood and his evil desires festered. He developed a hankering to try the taste of human flesh. Stuffing his clothes full of straw and donning a hooded black cloak as a disguise, he became the dreaded Christmas scarecrow. Christmas scarecrow. Dun, 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 dun. Ah! Now he waited on lonely roads for a victim to devour. Now a shepherd boy, aged around ten, happened to cross his path one day and Trap stabbed the unfortunate shepherd's boy with a vicious, sharp stick. That didn't sound very sharp. It didn't, did it? No. no. With the body safely back at his lair, Trap sliced it into pieces and roasted it. But before he could eat, God decided enough was enough and struck him down with a lightning bolt that split his head open. Some accounts of Hans Trapp paint him in a rosier light, saying that he regrets his life of sin. In these versions, he visits misbehaving children dressed as a scarecrow and tries to persuade them to be more virtuous than he was. Usually by scaring him into it with the threat of a beating. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice, isn't oh, it? Oh, you be good, children, or I'll thrash the living daylights out of you. Exactly. Marvellous. But on other stories, in a classic dark Christmas fashion, they say he goes around marking the bad children he wants to eat on Christmas Eve. How does he mark them? What with? Oh, God, I don't you know. You know, like a black pen with a He's tick on it. He's got a marker pen, hasn't he? Well, that's what I thought, you know, B-roll is going round. Well, he's yeah, got, he's got, if he's got a burnt stick from his fire that he used to roast the other children oh, on, bit of charcoal. Yeah. Might give a bit of charcoal. Cross on the forehead, there you go, bad child. Mm, horrible, isn't it? Lunch on Christmas Eve. Fabulous. So there we go, another, a lovely, I, you know, I love St Nicholas's helpers. <laughs> they really are such a fabulous bunch of guys. Aren't they just? They are indeed. Mm. What, does, what does our Father Christmas get? Elves. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, there is a problem with them because thank you, America, for the plastic bloody elves that I've been dealing with. God's Where sake. are they at the moment, Jules? I've got two I have to manoeuvre every bloody night. What are their names? Dobby and Ulf. Ulf, <laughs> folks. No, we have an elf called Ulf. Yeah, that was my son decided. I said, what do you want to name it? Ulf. 
So we have Dobby and Ulf. The elf on the shelf. For goodness sake. Thank God my daughter's not interested in I'm them. I'm running out of goddamn ideas. We've actually, after you finish this podcast tonight, you've God. actually got to do the finale, haven't you? I've got to do the goddamn you finale. Want me, you've wrote me in to help you with well, the... actually, it's not the god. The goddamn finale is tomorrow. Oh. It's Christmas Eve. So this the... is the final before the final. Oh, it's welcome back, boys. Here are your elves, oh, isn't it? Because they've been, they've been away for the last few oh, days, haven't they? So... Oh, God, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it. You know, it, I, it haunts me. I wake up in the morning at two o'clock in the morning. Oh, crap. I haven't moved the plastic elves. I can see loads of mums oh. out there sympathising with and you. And dads. I'm sure the dads are stressed out by it as well. Thank you, America. Yes, indeed. Well, you God want to buy into these things, sake. you know. Well, but you don't have a choice. Oh, well, when I know everybody's I got an elf. On this shelf. On elf. On this shelf. But we can't just have one. Oh, no, we have to have one each. Of course you do. We can't have one for the family, no. No, you have to have just, your own individual elf. Let's just have two just to really stress mm. Juliet mummy out. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks. You love them really, don't yeah. you? Anyway, still, we've always got the Christmas tree, right? And not just the elves that I have to say. We do have our wonderful Christmas trees. And, and a, another great pagan yeah, but, tradition that yeah. has been sort of... What's that? Pulled into Christmas. Yeah. You know, pagan tradition. Yeah. Pulled into Christmas. What? The tree. Oh, yes, of course. Sorry, I thought you were leading on to something else. No, I wasn't. Oh. I was <laughs> going to start on about, you know... Christianity stealing Christmas. It wasn't well, the Grinch that stole that. Christmas. We know about Jesus. Christianity and yeah. paganism, don't we? But we're not going to, yeah. We're yeah. not going to go down that route, folks. No. no. But after all, we didn't really have them over here until Queen Victoria and Prince Albert popularised them in 1840. Mm -hmm. But now this is your arena, Nigel. Let's talk about the ancient mythology story. Okay. Um, ancient mythology story of the goddess. Uh, oh, here we go again. It's in words I can't pronounce. Sybil. I think that's Sybil, and the mortal Attis into this story. Sybil desired Attis, as the gods often did, regardless of the mortal's wishes, but Attis had set his cap at the daughter of a local king. Rather displeased, Sybil sent Attis mad, and he ran around a crazy rage through the mountains. Eventually, for reasons best known to himself, he castrated himself at the foot of a pine tree. What? <laughs> yep. What do you mean he castrated himself? What? Are you serious? Yeah. Well, you just... this, this, this is mythology, by the way. Oh, I it's... know, but who would think about whipping the bollocks off, you know, to make a point? I, I mean... wanted to say, if, if, the, if the king's daughter can't have the them, then Sybil's not going to... I don't know. I mean, did, did he just think, oh, this is a nice place just to whip the bollocks off? Seriously, George, what I think he was thinking of, perhaps I could start a really good Christmas tradition here. No, I don't think that would catch on. <laughs> no, you bubbles on the tree. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, God, he's going to stop wheezing now. But perhaps you're right. Perhaps that is actually where hanging your baubles on your tree does oh, come no from. I have no idea. It was not well, fun to investigate, obviously. Well, you know, guys, if have a, have a little bit of a, a tinkle on, on, on Google and, and see, you know, what you come up with, because that'd be quite interesting, yeah. wouldn't it? Where do... Christmas tree oh, always come from. I'm not going to be able to decorate the tree again now without thinking <laughs> no, about that. Not with nice red ones. Oh, God, there's so many... Well, they would be red. They'd be covered in blood, <laughs> wouldn't they? Bloody Lord. What, what a path I've taken you down with this one. Nige. Oh, dear. So, let's talk about the Christmas tree tradition and how it's embraced around the world today. And it's believed to have started in Germany back in the 16th century. That's true. This yeah. is a bit calmer. 
And so it comes as no surprise that our continental cousins still have some unique customs relating to the festive conifers. I thought this was going to be a bit calmer. It is a bit calmer. <clears throat> you carry on. One of these... I've just read this. <laughs> <laughs> One of these is to hide a pickle somewhere within the branches of the tree <laughs> and give a gift to whichever child in the household finds it. <laughs> about this <coughs> a Christmas pickle you're exciting now, what's that I can see now, hang on a minute because if we've got somebody's bollocks hanging <laughs> on the tree but and I, they're I, now I... hiding a pickle in the tree is it actually a pickle it is a pickle yes or is it somebody's willy oh the... god god's sake because yeah oh. maybe it's just the full whole man's tackle that, that it's is... all the bits oh god no oh no in the shape of a pickle gherkin oh stop i can't eat gherkins <laughs> anymore now jeez anyway whichever child finds this pickle hiding in the branches of a tree as i've said will get a gift but I'm not so sure that a pickled gherkin would be so well accepted these days. No. Well, I was under the impression that the gherkin was the gift they got, but apparently no, they do actually get a <laughs> gift rather than the gherkin oh, itself. <laughs> because I'm just thinking to myself the excitement of finding a gherkin. Can you imagine how many gherkins would be, have to be hiding in a tree for each child to get a gift? There'd be an awful lot of gherkins. Well, this is what I'm thinking. And if it is like the same tradition as the baubles, there'd be a lot of sore men wandering around, wouldn't there? Yeah, but then again... Oh, jeez. If they're the ones that are like, had goat masks on earlier on and it remained doing all sorts of business, it's not oh, surprising yeah. really, is it? Well, Let's that's true. It's probably yeah. the women teaching them Exactly, lesson, I was going to say. Yeah, you come with me. And hanging it on the trees. Yeah. With your goat mask on. Saying, don't again. come here thinking <laughs> you can impregnate me without me knowing. I'm going to chop your bollocks off so it doesn't happen again. You're probably right there. <laughs> this is turning into a right festive treat, isn't it? <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. There we go. Okay, but of course, we did we did touch on this a little bit earlier. One of the things about the festive season is, of course, baby Jesus. Yeah. And all the sort of things that go with that. I mean, I'm not going to go on about, oh, we stole it from the pagans and all that stuff, because it is about the birth of our saviour. Well, you know, if you believe in that sort of thing. Yeah. No, I'm going to go down that route again. I'm not no, going to go, go down. I'm not going down that route. I'm not going know what route I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down another route yeah. with a certain article of clothing. Okay. Because if you're heading to church over the festive season, why not arrive in style and follow a fabulous tradition from Caracas, the capital of Venezuela? Strap on your roller skates, ladies and gentlemen, and roll your way to Mass on Christmas Eve. Why, you could even do a few gnarly tricks on the way. Or one of those whizzy conga snakes that you do at the roller disco. Yeah, Do you know, that actually sounds quite fun. Yeah. Like, I'm liking this. It's a good idea. They, yeah. It's a tradition which goes back several generations. Until you hit a stone. Oh, good, it's not going to be so good, is on it? On the pavement, because I've done that before in roller skates, and that's not funny. Oh, well, that's so, a bit of gravel rash as well. I'm, I'm assuming in Venezuela there's there's no stones or anything on the... On... I've never been to Venezuela, so I don't know. Outside. You would hope it's safe. Oh, yeah. Then again, yeah. For roller skating, because it needs to be. (laughs) Always think of the safety aspects, Jules. (laughs) And I do hope that you're wearing knee pads, elbow pads, and crash helmets when you do this, folks. We should be saying that, actually, shouldn't we? Yes, health and safety. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you do decide you want to roller skate to your local church, as Jules said. Venezuela. Well, yeah, but we're talking about doing it. 
I'm getting confused now. I thought we were talking about being in Venezuela. Yeah, but I'm saying that you could do it here as well. Oh, good. Not Finding just in there's Venezuela. no stones here either. There would be. Well, yeah, you'd fall on your ass then, wouldn't you? We're going to get sued here, aren't we? Probably. We are. Yeah. But anyway, this tradition... It goes back several generations, and it's said to inject some excitement, which no well, doubt it's going to. I'm sure to. it would it if would going do. Yeah, the tip the whole time <laughs> on the pebbles that are all over the Without place. Without you crashing on your arm guards. Well, your, yeah, yeah, exactly. Said to inject some excitement into the festivities while the rest of the world sleds or skis across the snow, Venezuelans, not wanting to be left out, get their crews together, strap on skates and roll to church. Fascinating. I know. Mm. Do you know what? I can't fancy a mince pie. Ah, you sure about that? Well, okay. We could have a mince pie. You're right. Have a mince pie. Look at that. Lovely. Oh, that's nice. I'm actually going to eat these jewels as well. Well, that is the point of them. You're not meant to just look at them. Well, I know, but I'm I'm a little bit concerned about doing this. Well, why? What do you think is going to happen? Because if I eat this, you think mince... Krampus is going to leave no. or something? No. Well, I could get arrested. For what? Oh, why? For it, it, meeting, meeting, meeting a mince pie. Meeting a mince pie. Hi, my name's Nigel. <laughs> How do you do? Uh, Hi, I'm a mince pie. I'm a mince pie. I'm Pleased to meet fruity you this evening. <laughs> Get your tackle around there. I was doing so well, wasn't I? I would get my tackle around there, but I lost it at the foot of a tree. <laughs> well, yeah, but was it hanging on the tree? Stop that's it. the question. I've ruined a mince pie story, haven't I? I haven't, actually. There was a rumour doing the rounds mm. that eating a mince pie yeah. is actually against the law. How so? Because mm. back in the good old days, mm. we're talking Oliver Cromwell good old days, the Commonwealth, good old days. After the Civil War, good old days. Puritan, good old days. Miserable beggars. Yeah, okay, we get the point. Who banned Christmas? <gasps> oh, they did not. Man. They weren't in for the festivities and all they that kind of stuff. Horrible, weren't they? They were. Mm. And part of the tradition was to um, eat, drink, be merry, and yeah. mince pies mm. were all part of the festivities. They were. So they banned them. That's wicked, isn't it? And to do. according to popular law, the ban was never removed. <gasps> no. So it is still currently illegal to eat. Go on. Scoff it in your face. Christmas. Go on. There we go, ladies mm. and gents. And now we've got mm. some pieces. It's nice. It's yeah. Nigel's got his laughing tackle around him. It's pie. I'm sorry, but I have to tell you the truth. Mm. There was never a law banning mince pies. What you wound me up just to steal a mince pie? No, there was. It was actually a popular myth. It was quite true. But oh, oh. yeah, get the mince pies out. You're all talking about. Them. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll do that. Nice. Should have seen that one coming. Exactly. Huh? I got a free mince pie out of one place. <laughs> Very clever, Nige. The truth of the matter is, they did ban eating certain things at certain times, and you expected to fast. And they banned the eating of mince pies mm. on a Wednesday. Why a Wednesday? Because that was the day they decided that was going to be the fasting day. Oh, okay. Okay. And one year, Christmas Day just happened to fall on. Well, hang on. If they're... A Wednesday. Yeah, but it wouldn't then just be mince pies that were banned. It would be everything if they're fasting, wouldn't it? I know. So. Yeah. But yeah. mince pies was the one that was sort of picked on by people because it was... How dare they pick on a mince pie? Poor oh, tiny because little it was all sweet pie, pie thing. Off the, Because mince pies in those days were a fabulous creation. Well, they still are. I know, but their mince pies were slightly different to the ones we eat these days. Oh, yeah, I know. That's they did true. actually contain... Booze. Mince. Oh, yeah, I know. That's Actual mince in the form of... I thought they had booze in them as well. They had booze in them. They had, they had 
dried fruit, nutmeg, yeah. cinnamon, yeah. bit of pork, <laughs> bit of lamb, rabbit. Yeah, all sorts. Of Anything you could have been something chuck in there. Pheasant, probably. Yeah, and it wasn't actually the sort of the the delicate was the word I was trying to find, but my mouth wouldn't let me say. It weren't the delicate little dainties that we see here that I'm clutching in my pretty little sweet fancies. That's right. They're like big old buggers in pie dishes that you like dip in and have a spoonful of my mince pie. I don't know why I did that in a Yorkshire accent, because it was actually probably not a Yorkshire tradition. No, it might have been, actually. Well, yeah. I don't know. we'll have to look that one up as well. Sounds it? very northern. <gasps> I was a bit northist there, wasn't I? That's, <laughs> not really, yeah. That's not good. Anyway, listen, folks. We just want to leave you with a wonderfully festive ghostly tale, don't we, Noel? Yeah, this one, actually, I find it really interesting. I think the way to tell the tale is, is to actually possibly just read the poem or read the song that mm -hmm. goes with it. Mm -hmm. You may well have all heard this one before, but it's a fascinating story. It's called The Mistletoe Bow. And it does have some uh, local connection because one of the buildings associated with this story is a place called Brockdish Hall in Norfolk. Yeah. Now, I just happened to have been to Brockdish Hall. It's an amazing place. It's one of those things you think of, wow, I've actually been there. Um, years ago when I used to be in sort of music and bands and things, one of my friends had a band and I was rotary for them and they played a concert or gig at this place for the local farmers, young farmers thing. And at the home, it was, at the time, it was the home of Malcolm Bradbury, the author. And yeah, I actually, I've actually been to Rockdish Hall and I found this story and I thought, well, as a finishing touch to our festive podcast, why don't we just read it through the mistletoe bow? It is actually a song. I have heard the music for him, but I think rather than you suffer minor, well, suffer my singing because Juliet can actually sing, but I can't sing at all. Wow. We're going to read it for you. Yeah. Okay. Should, should we do a verse each? The best style that? that we can. Yeah. So, okay. Okay, so I can start and then you do that bit because that's more complicated. Okay, no problem at all. <laughs> Okay, so here it is, The Mistletoe Bow, from Thomas Haynes Bailey, 1884. The mistletoe hung in the castle hall, the holly branch shone on the old oak wall. The baron's retainers were blithe and gay, keeping the Christmas holiday. The baron beheld with the father's pride, his beautiful child, Lord Lovell's bride, and she with her bright eyes seemed to be the star of that goodly company. Oh, the mistletoe bow. Oh, the mistletoe bow. I'm weary of dancing now, she cried. Here, tarry a moment. I'll hide, I'll hide. And Lovell, be sure you're the first to trace the clue to my secret hiding place. Away she ran, and her friends began, each tower to search and each nook to scan. And young Lovell cried, Oh, where do you hide? I'm lonesome without you, my own fair bride. Oh, the mistletoe bow. Oh, the mistletoe bow. They sought her that night, they sought her next day. They sought her in vain when a week passed away. In the highest, the lowest, the loneliest spot, young Lovell sought wildly found her not. The years passed by, and their brief at last was told of a sorrowful tale long past, 
when Lovell appeared, all the children cried. See the old man weeps for his fairy bride. Oh, the mistletoe bough. Oh, the mistletoe bough. At length, an old chest that had long laid hid was found in the castle. They raised the lid. A skeleton form lay mouldering there in the bridal wreath of that lady fair. How sad the day when in sportive jest she hid from a lord in the old oak chest. It closed with a spring and a dreadful doom, and the bride lay clasped in a living tomb. Oh, the mistletoe bough. Oh, the mistletoe bough. Now the mistletoe bough is said to have been taken from a true story where, for a game, a bride hid from her husband in a game of hide-and-seek, and her hiding place was an old oak chest, which, unknown to her, locked on a hidden spring on closing. A very sad tale. Sad tale indeed. Mm. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Our festive podcast. Indeed. Honestly, yes, slightly different as usual, yeah, once again. Our but typical usual ramblings. Indeed. Complete nutter nonsense. But we, 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 we thought about trying to sort of tidy it up. And, yeah. But nah. it don't work, does it? Nah, it's just it's, me and you, isn't it? Yeah, just, this is how we work how, best. This is how we are. Exactly. And this is what we do yeah. and all the rest of it. If, so. you want, if you want serious, there's plenty of serious podcasts out there. If you want... A little bit of fun with the facts then. Well, this is it. This is what we're about. Isn't this it? is what we do. So yeah. I hope you've enjoyed it, ladies and gents. And, you know, yeah. we've enjoyed recording it. So. We certainly have. And have I, a wonderful Christmas. I was about to say that, but you beat me to it. Yeah. We really, really, from both of us, myself and Juliet, thank you so much for all the wonderful support that you've shown us yeah, again thank you so throughout much. this year. Um, it does mean an awful lot to us. We've had our trials and tribulations. Oh, haven't we? As you know, we've shared yeah. a few of them with you. So you know what we've been through. And we know lots of our friends have been through similar things as well. It's, I don't think it's been a brilliant year this year. I it hasn't been a, been a brilliant bit year. It's an, another one to draw a line through, I think. And we need a good one next year. We certainly do think, need a good one I next year. we all deserve it, don't we, guys? Hey, yeah. we all deserve it. We've got some cracking plans for next year. We have. We've got, we've been, we're going to have a big old chat about it after Christmas. We had a little bit of talk about it earlier on, about mm. things that we want to do. And you've come up with some really cool ideas mm-hmm. which is why i love working with you jules because well, don't say anything it's a secret i know we're not going to say anything we'll keep right. it quiet but right. i just i just have to say to you i love working with you because because i'm an idiot you're an idiot and you make me smile you make me <laughs> laugh and i just i love the way it works between us oh share the love indeed indeed oh. and i want to share the love with everybody else out there as well yeah. so I from, love working with you and as well, Nigel. It's, it's smashing. I couldn't it, it, do it with anyone else. It's brilliant. No. The, we are out there. Yeah. And I think if either of us stopped, then yeah, it would stop as well. Because I, I, Jules, Jules, oh. I couldn't do it without no, you. Oh, my God. Jules. We're going to go now. Yes. Now that we've actually spoiled your Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, folks, have, have an absolutely yeah. brilliant have year. Have a blast. Have a wonderful time. Eat drink be merry and spend the time with your loved ones because they're so precious they, they are truly indeed. are and yeah that's what christmas is all about it's it about is indeed being with family 
and you know taking some time out and my god i think we all need that I think time we certainly out, do we? need it this time and yeah. so keep safe have a wonderful christmas everyone and we'll back be back with you next year we certainly will 2023 oh <gasps> gosh where does the time go i know so there's one last thing to say it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him good night take care good night don't have nightmares now <laughs>